0: man. Thank you, Miss Teresa. God has been good. Do you know him? Do you know him this morning? I'm telling you what, if you know him, you know it's true and you've witnessed and experienced the fact that God has been good over and over abundantly. He is good to us. Well, I tell you what, I thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank you, Miss Teresa. Appreciate that song this morning. We'll be in first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter number three and verse number nine is where we'll be going this morning. Uh, so you begin turning there as you're turning a couple of things uh, that I want to mention to you. One is Brother Mike is here and praise the Lord. Boy, I'm telling you what, a few weeks ago the doctor told Brother Mike that he had a, a bleak outlook and we began praying and praying and praying and uh, went through his surgery and I called Saturday morning. Well, I called Friday and spoke with Miss Vicky uh, while Brother Mike was in surgery and so I called Saturday morning to check and see how he was doing and Brother Mike answered the phone. I said, boy, good to hear your voice, brother. And uh, Doctors said everything went well, and uh, now they have sent it off to test it one more time, so continue to pray that they don't find anything in there, but boy, I tell you what, answer to prayer, brother, answer to prayer, brother Mike is here, and thank the Lord for that. Also, uh, Miss Sheila has asked that I invite everyone to Brother Robbie's graduation party, and so Brother Robbie has been doing school, Bible school, online, uh, boy, I'm telling you what, this past week at Vacation Bible School, Robbie worked his job, came here, worked vacation Bible school, then went home and did college each night before he went to bed, uh, trying to get everything finished up, just dedicated. And we are more than uh, proud of Robbie and and blessed that he is a part of our church and our ministry. Uh, But he will be graduating. He's in his last semester. And so on uh, September the 10th at 2 p.m. here at the church, uh, Miss Sheila will be having a graduation party uh, for Brother Robbie. And uh, she said that everyone is welcome to come. She's happy to feed. Everybody, but please let her know if you're coming. So that way she'll know how much food to prepare. So if you can let Miss Sheila know that you would like to be part of that celebration for Brother Robbie, let her know. And uh, I've been to some of Miss uh, Sheila's uh, parties and dinners, and she'll feed you well. I can guarantee you there'll be plenty for you as long as you let her know that you're coming. Uh, and do let her know by August 28th, so the last Sunday of August, let her know by then whether or not you'll be coming. And uh, we will enjoy this celebration for Brother Robbie. Looking forward to it. Excited about all that God is doing in Brother Robbie's life. He's just growing and developing. and and maturing in the Lord, and uh, just thank the Lord for it. Uh, Going to Peru this uh, next month, uh, tomorrow, yeah, it was August, this is still July, so yeah, going to Peru next month, and going to be down there serving the Lord uh, on the uh, Amazon River. So just pray the Lord be with him, and bless him, and that the Lord will watch over him. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 9. we will be looking this morning at the thought of laboring together, laboring together, Well, I'm telling you what, uh, all year long, there are folks who partner together, labor together with us in the ministry. There are folks who, there are things that they do each and every week. They are faithful in their spots. We have Sunday school teachers. We have guys in the sound booth. We have folks that take care of cleaning the facility. have folks that take care of the vans, take care of the lawn, all kind of jobs. We could go on and on and on with different responsibilities that people feel at night or day after day, week after week, all year round, uh, and are faithful servants. But boy, there's something about these past couple of weeks uh, that has just brought to the surface uh, how valuable the family of God is. And what a wonderful thing that God has given us here at Marlbrook Baptist Church uh, in having people who are willing to labor together. And all week last week, uh, I just kept thinking about what a valuable thing we have here. I've been involved in ministry my whole life. My dad was saved when I was only a couple months old. By the time I was either three or four, he was assistant pastor of a church, uh, and I have been involved in ministry my whole life. I remember being just a little bitty guy turning the crank on an old uh, copying machine making bulletins, and I'm standing there turning that crank, spitting bulletins out, uh, vacuuming the church when I was uh, just 10, 11 years old, taking care of the uh, music at a church. Uh, We had uh, a church didn't have a piano, so everything was recorded, so I was the tech guy. Of course, tech wasn't quite like it is now then, you know but uh, took care of making sure the the cassette played when it was supposed to play. Been involved in ministry my whole life, been a part of many, many different churches and many different ministries, worked youth camps, uh, been a youth director, and many different places that God has used me in ministry. And I just have to say that there is something special about Marlbrook Baptist Church. And I don't say that to butter you up or make you feel good this morning. The first time we visited here, I said there's something different about this church. And there is something special about this church. And you know what? I pray that we never take it for granted. I pray we never get calloused. I pray we don't ever lose it. But there is something special about the love that we have for one another and for those that come into the church that is unique. And boy, I tell you, I thank God for it. And it it results in a group of people that are willing to shoulder up together for the cause of Christ. And boy, I tell you what, this morning, I just want to take a few minutes to say thank you for being laborers together for the cause of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse number 9, Paul here is talking to the church of Corinth and he says, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to be in your house this morning. Lord, I do thank you for this group of people. Lord, people that love the Lord, people that want to serve you, people that want to be faithful to you, folks that make it possible, uh, Lord, to have ministries that reach out into the community. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, as we take a few moments this morning, as Apostle Paul would often say, I salute thee and and he would speak to those that labored with him in the ministry. Lord, as we take a few moments this morning to thank those who are faithful to labor, Father, I pray that you will bless the message, bless your word, help it to be an encouragement to our heart, and Lord, help us never take for granted, Lord, what you have given us here at Marlbrook Baptist Church. Help us to be faithful, to keep our eyes on you, and Lord, help us make a difference in this community, Lord, I pray. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Last week, what a, what a great week it was. We uh, averaged about 130 kids a night. Some were higher, some were a little lower, but averaged about 130 kids each night. There was 160 plus kids registered at Vacation Bible School, so uh, over 160 kids attended at least one night. Uh, uh, we had 12 decisions for Christ. We uh, The workers go out and they fill out the decision card, and 12 children made decisions for Christ and uh, said that they wanted to make sure that that they were on their way to heaven and were able to have a prayer uh, with them. We had many more children uh, that asked questions about eternity, that were curious about eternity, but the workers didn't feel that they understood well enough to pray with them. Boy, I thank you that we've got workers who are careful with the souls of children and not just trying to push them into a false profession, but they're careful with them. But they were asking questions. They were curious and were able to plant a seed in their heart. We had 50-plus volunteers here Every night. You know what? There are churches all across America that would do anything to have 50 volunteers. They could turn the world upside down if they had 50 volunteers. 50 volunteers every night here laboring and working. And today, I just want to say thank you. We read this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 and it's Paul was writing the church there at Corinth and Apostle Paul was an early church planter. Apostle Paul traveled from place to place preaching the gospel, planting churches and then he would revisit these churches and he would help them and instruct them in their spiritual growth and, and developing the church. And the group of books in the Bible we refer to as the epistles uh, consist of many books written by Paul to these churches and these congregations. And as we read through the epistles, we find that Paul often takes time to recognize those who labored with him. There's entire chapters in the epistles that are devoted to Paul thanking people for their faithful service and ministering together with them. Whenever you read of Paul recognizing these people, he refers to them many different ways. He refers to them as fellow servants, fellow laborers, work fellows, fellow soldiers, yoke fellows, brethren, companions, and, and many more. Some examples we could look at in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 2, Paul says, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Uh, uh, we see him Philemon 1 in verse 1, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon our dearly beloved and fellow laborer. In Philippians 2 and verse number 25, Paul says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send unto you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier. In Philippians 4 and verse number 3, he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow fellow laborers. This morning, I as pastor want to say to the people of Marlbrook, uh, thank you true yoke fellows. I like that word, yoke fellow. I like that term because it gives a clear picture uh, of us being harnessed together uh, for calls of Christ. Uh, I've known some people that have had some animals that they used to work with. It's not something we do much anymore. It's more of a novelty now. It used to be a necessity but a friend of mine uh, had some oxen. Uh, I, I say a friend. he uh, That's kind of a loose word. He was an acquaintance of mine me his oxen, but I don't know if he knows my name. So anyway, uh, but um, he had some oxen and he showed me his oxen and how he could harness these oxen uh, and he would tell me how much work uh, they could get done, labored together and how it didn't just double their efficiency, but it all quadrupled their efficiency when he would harness them together how much they were able to do together and talked about this one team of oxen that he had. He said, they are convinced that they can pull anything. They have it in their mind that there is nothing they cannot pull. He said, I have hooked them to wagons that were way beyond what they should be able to pull. He said, and they would be down on their knees digging in the mud. He said, I would have to stop them because they would kill themselves before they would stop pulling. They were determined there was nothing... They couldn't pull. Uh, uh, Melissa's uh, cousin, Donald Boggs, he had a team of horses there for a while and he would harness them horses together and had a and he'd pile all the kids on it and away we'd go and them horses would pull that sled and they would work together. Whenever I think of the term yoke fellow, I think of fellow Christians who are harnessed together by the love of God, pulling together for the cause of Christ. And so this morning I say to those of you at Marlbrook, thank you, true yoke fellows, those that are in the harness together with me, those that are laboring together Together, uh, those that are working together for the cause of Christ. You know, there are pastors all across the nation, all across the world that are good men of God, godly men, men of passion, men that are full of the Holy Ghost, uh, men that know how to pray, uh, men that have vision, uh, and there are things they want to accomplish that they believe can be accomplished, but they're limited in their ministry because their people won't get in the harness with them. There are things they say, boy, we can do this. We can accomplish that. Uh, I believe we could do this ministry. I believe we could reach this community. And they present their vision, but their people won't harness up with them. Therefore, they're unable to accomplish all that God would have them to accomplish. I'm more than ready to say to you this morning that there's no way that Marlbrook would ever amount to anything if it all rested on my shoulders. I need some people in the yoke with me. And this morning I am saying thank you to those who labor together for the gospel, those that labor together. I don't ever want to take for granted the value of those that God has given us who are willing to put their hand to the task labor together with me for the cause of Christ. And I know that these past two weeks have kind of brought it to the surface. And I know that there are many of you who maybe were not able to participate in Vacation Bible School, but you serve in many other areas. I'm speaking to all of you this morning. I'm speaking to everyone who labors together for the cause of Christ. As I've thought about the value of those who labor together with us, I began to think of areas where we can strengthen one another as we work together for the cause of Christ. And I've got a few things here that I want to look at this morning, different kinds of support that we can give one to another. First of all, when we work together, when we're laboring, there's something that we need, and that is moral support. We need moral support if we're going to accomplish what we've been asked to do. I may have told this story before, I don't remember, but I was working at the sawmill. I was running a planer, and a uh, uh, big commercial planer was making uh, tongue and groove paneling and uh, the machine wasn't working at this time. I don't remember what the problem was with the planer, uh, but I got up underneath of it and was up underneath of it working on it and I could not figure out how to correct the problem. I could see the problem, but I couldn't figure out how to correct the problem and I studied and studied on it for some time and finally I left and I went to the maintenance shop and I got one of the guys there and I said, I need you just come, I need another set of eyes on this because I just cannot figure out what I'm missing here on this planer. So he came with me, and we both crawled back up underneath the planer together. I went first uh, to show him where the problem was. And so we walked up. It had a an area you could walk underneath of it so you could work on it. We walked up underneath of it, and I said, it's uh, never mind. I see the problem. I know how to fix it. And he just laughed and he said, sometimes uh, all we need is a little moral support. (laughs) Just knowing that somebody else is there with you, uh, somebody's willing to help you is all it takes to be able to finish uh, the job at hand. Whenever we think of those that offer moral support, these are those who are there to encourage you. Uh, They are there to lift you up. Uh, There was someone who came yesterday to clean up and as they were leaving, I thanked them for coming and help with the cleanup and they were... Were very helpful and did a lot, but they didn't feel like they did, and they said, well, I, I'm not able to do much, but I wanted to be here just so you would know I was here for you. Well, I'm telling you what, that is moral support. Didn't know if I'd be able to do anything, didn't know if I'd be able to help out much, but I wanted to come and be at the cleanup so you would know I was with you, I was for you, I was supporting you. That is the kind of thing that encourages you to go on. I'll just run a little side note right here. The number one thing that encourages a pastor, you want to keep your pastor encouraged and upbeat and ready to fight the devil and chase hell with a squirt gun, be in your pew on Sunday morning. That is the number one one thing you can do to keep your pastor ministering at his full capacity is to be in your place on Sunday morning and this individual said to me I didn't know if I'd be able to help but I wanted to be here so I could encourage you in the work of the Lord if we're going to do things for Christ we need some moral support another person stopped by and said I was was wanting to come help I'm unable to stay I've got work obligations I'm not going to be able to help but I just wanted to stop by and let you know I appreciate you and appreciate what you did and how the week went. Just want to encourage you. I'm telling you what, there is something about moral support. You don't have to do anything but be present and let people know you appreciate them and those people will go like you've never seen them go before. We need moral support. Not only do I as a pastor need moral support, but we need moral support for one another. We need to encourage our Sunday school teachers. Uh, we need to encourage those that are working with our children. Uh, we need to encourage those that are faithful in the service of the Lord. Uh, we let them need to let them know, I see you and I appreciate what you do. Moral support. In addition to moral support, when we're laboring together, we need mental support. You know, they say that when you're hiring employees, you need to hire to your weaknesses. Well, that means I need to hire everybody because I'm not very strong anywhere. They say hire where you're weak at and help that out. And you know what? whenever we're laboring together, we need mental support. We need folks that can help us do things uh, because we can't think of it all on our own. I think of vacation Bible school. We need need somebody to put together a menu. Boy, if it was up to me to feed these kids, we'd be eating soup all week long. I mean, I can make a mean pot of soup, one pot big enough, feed everybody all week. This is economical, nourishing. It's good to go, you know. We need somebody to put together a menu. We need somebody to compile a list of songs that are appropriate to sing that the kids will enjoy uh, uh, so we don't sing the same song every night. Uh, We need somebody. You know, the VBS theme song, if you've heard us sing that every year we have a VBS theme song that fits the curriculum that we're going with. Uh, uh, Miss Melissa every year writes the lyrics to that song so that we have a song that goes with our VBS curriculum, writes that song every year. I can't write songs. I can't make words rhyme. I don't put that together, but I need someone to help uh, that is able to do that. Uh, uh, We need someone uh, to connect all the tech uh, and the sound wires together uh, uh, from the front of the tent to the back of the tent, from this board to that board, and turn this knob and that knob. We need somebody that knows how all that works, uh, and somebody to tie all that together. Uh, we need uh, uh, someone to organize the game, somebody to prepare the Bible lessons, uh, somebody to tally the points. We could go on and on and on and on. The truth is, my little brain can't do it all, and neither can yours. But whenever we come together as a family of God and we get in the yoke together, it's amazing what God can do. It's amazing what God can do. You walk out there and you look at the decorations, you're like, wow, this looks really good you know what? A lot of that stuff is developed on the fly. A lot of that is we did what we thought would work and it didn't work. And somebody else who just happened to be there said, why don't you try this? And it just comes together. I'm telling you what, we need one another. We need mental support if we're going to be successful in the ministry. But when we're laboring for Christ, not only do we need moral support and mental support, but there's a lot of physical work in the ministry. This idea that folks have uh, that the preacher just sits at his desk and studies books and preaches once a week, uh, that's really a very false image. I wish I could sit and just read books. I love to read, and I've got shelves of books that I would love to just sit and consume them for hours on end. I love to read. I love to take in uh, knowledge and literature, but a lot of physical work's got to be done if you're going to keep this thing happening. And so in addition to moral support and mental support, we need manual support. We need somebody with some muscle every once in a while. We need somebody with some energy once in a while. We need somebody with some ability, some talents, and some skills uh, that they are willing uh, to give. Uh, We we need somebody who's willing to help raise the tent. You know what? Raising a tent isn't complicated. You don't have to be very smart to raise a tent, but you do have to know how to swing a sledgehammer, and you do need to be able to pick up a few hundred pounds uh, because raising the tent takes some physical labor. We need some people willing uh, uh, to do some physical, Physical labor, raise the tent, uh, help us build and paint the stage and the props, uh, uh, someone to mow the grass, somebody to carry the water, somebody to haul the picnic table, somebody to cook and serve the food, somebody to drive the vans and the bus, uh, somebody to fill out the registrations, somebody to take the little guys to the restroom and change their diaper if necessary. Uh, uh, We need people who can fix the electricity. Boy, one night, uh, uh, because of all the rain, just right as we were starting service, boom, we lost everything. didn't have anything in the tent. And so I'm like, all right. So I lay my mic down and I start talking as loud as I can, kind of like I am to y'all right now so that all the kids can hear me. And boom, power come back on. I grabbed the mic and it went right back off. I laid the mic right back down. But you know what was going on? Uh, out in the back, there was some guys who were troubleshooting. They're like, we got to find this. We got to find the problem. They found the problem. They fixed it. Uh, and we were able to keep uh, on going. Uh, we need folks that can clean up the mess. We need We need, manual support. You know what? A lot of times us guys like to feel like we're pretty big and tough and we can we can move anything. We don't need any help. Uh, uh, you know, it don't matter how big it is, how heavy it is. I can get that myself. I can pick it up myself. I can carry it myself. Uh, but you know what? Every now and again, we encounter something where we have to admit, hey, I'm going to need somebody to help me pick this up. I can't pick this up by myself. This is too big, this is too wieldy, this is too awkward, this is, this is too heavy. I'm unable to do this by myself. It doesn't mean that we are weak or, or insufficient. It just means that the job at hand is bigger than we are. We need somebody else who is willing to apply their muscle to help carry the load. Boy, I'm telling you what, I thank the Lord that this past week and all all, all year round here at Marlbrook, we have people who say, I am willing to lend my ability. I am willing to lend my talent. Uh, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty. Uh, I have a hands-on mentality when it comes to serving the Lord and I am willing to do what it is that God wants me to do. You know, there is... Honestly, nothing would ever be accomplished if we didn't have people who were willing to give manual support, willing to work and to labor. There's many other areas under manual support that we could mention this morning. So many, I've got things running through my mind, so many places that people work and serve that just make it possible. But in the work of the Lord, we also need material support. We need material support. Pastor John said, I want a Jeep. That's pretty big, you know, to ask people for a Jeep. I want a Jeep. You know what, we didn't get exactly what we had in mind, but Brother Aaron said, I'll just build one. And Brother Aaron built a Jeep. I don't know if you've seen his Jeep. It wasn't roadworthy. We tried to drive it down to the pavilion. (laughs) Don't let Brother Aaron build you a car, okay? It looks good sitting still, but no, they're not reliable. But if Brother Aaron build us this Jeep and flashing lights and all this stuff there. Uh, uh, we have folks bring a, bring a scout and bring a Bronco and had some vehicles out there. We need some material support. There are things that we need in the ministry that folks can make available so that the ministry uh, is possible. We needed trailers. The Ray Fiend Fire Department was very gracious to let us borrow their picnic tables for Vacation Bible School. But moving picnic tables isn't a small task. We need some trailers. Haul those picnic tables over here, all kind of trailers show up. Uh, We've got trailers. Uh, uh, We need fans to cool the tent down. Guess what? We've got fans to cool the tent down. We need a golf cart to haul food back and forth from pavilions. Somebody's supplies a golf cart. Uh, We need generators to run all the bounce houses and, boy, the generators just roll in. You know what? None of it would happen if it wasn't for y'all. None of it would happen if it wasn't for y'all. And this morning, I'm just saying thank you. You make my job easy. You make it possible. You make it that something that we can reach. We were going to go to West Virginia and put on a vacation Bible school there, but of course the church contacted COVID and uh, they had had to close the church for a couple services. We ended up not being able to go. And I have to admit, I was kind of relieved. You say, well, why were you relieved? Because you can ask my family. I told Melissa and Kaylee and Joel multiple times, I said, I don't know how I'm going to do this because at Marlbrook, i got 50, 60 people that make this possible. What this pastor doesn't understand is I can't do this by myself. I need my people. We did have a harebrained idea of just loading up a bus full of y'all and taking you with us to West Virginia so we could do a vacation Bible school because there's no way I'm going to pull this off by myself. i got to have my help. I need my help. I need my yoke, fellas. I, I need those who are laboring together with me. We need uh, material support and we could go on and on. So many things that we needed uh, uh, that people just supply. We need the specific signage uh, uh, for the for the tent and he, that someone supplies it. We need gas for the grills uh, and someone supplies it. We need ice for the water and it's delivered every day. We need lumber to build the stage, cones for directing traffic, uh, barrels for playing games, uh, a fire truck to add an element of surprise to the game and it is supplied to God's people. Uh, support the work of God when they make what is available to them available to God. And Boy, I'm telling you what, y'all have proved this week that you are willing to take what God has given you and use it for the glory of God. That's something rare in many churches this day. And Boy, I tell you what, I don't ever want to take for granted that we got a church that is willing to say whatever I got belongs to God. But then lastly this morning, I want us to consider that when we're laboring together, we need motivational support. We need motivational support. I'm telling you, there's something about life that can be exhausting. And if you do not experience this, please let me know your secret, because life can be exhausting. Boy, you have your responsibilities. You have the drama in your family. You have uh, you have the the. Uh, the finances and the crazy economy. You have health issues. You got got the news that's telling you the world is coming to an end. You got all these things. We could go on and on. There are all these things. And life gets tiring. Just normal everyday life uh, where you at. Uh, And then you add in something like a week of vacation Bible school where you're carrying all this that's already exhausting uh, and then you're showing up here for three hours uh, and working working like a saint. I started to say working like a devil, but you are not devils. Working like a saint uh, uh, for three hours to help accomplish the cause of Christ uh, and you get back home uh, and I'm telling you what by about day three uh, you are dead on your feet. Uh, You just don't know if you're going to make it to the next night. To, but you know you need to, you know you need to be there. The devil jumps on your back. He tells you that no need to go. Uh, boy, you just start getting worn down. And you know what you need at that point? Is some motivational support. Somebody to help encourage you to finish the job. Just some examples of ways that folks motivated me these past couple of weeks. There prep week is a very busy week for us. We're here daylight to dark all day the week the week before Vacation Bible School, getting everything set up, and then we have the week of Vacation Bible School. So some of these were over the last couple of weeks, but come into my office, and here sitting on my desk is a can of cashews. And the message says, seen these, knew you liked them, got them for you. I mean, if that don't motivate you, well, well, you're unmotivatable if that don't motivate you. Somebody bring, come by and say, hey, you look thirsty. I grabbed you a bottle of water while I was in the kitchen. It's simple. Don't cost no money, but you know what? It encourages far more than you would ever dream it encouraged. Uh, somebody showing up and saying, hey, Pastor John, I don't know if you and Melissa are having time to eat, so I packed you a lunch. Here's a lunch for you and Melissa. I didn't know if y'all had time to eat today. Wanted to bring a lunch to help y'all out. Uh, you know what? Uh, somebody's coming by and they said, Pastor John, uh, on our way here, we stopped the store. We brought you a Gatorade. Hope you like it. Here's you a Gatorade man I'm telling you well yeah I liked it it didn't last two minutes that Gatorade was gone on and on and on we could go these are things that people can do just simple acts of encouragement that give you the motivation you need to keep going on to keep doing what you need to do you know what there's many many things we could look at but there is nothing that'll keep you rolling like knowing your family that is the family of God is there for you There is nothing that will keep you going on for God like knowing that the family of God is in this with me. I'm not doing this alone, but we have got the family of God serving together. On Thursday, Thursday of prep week, the stage just was not coming together. I had a vision in my mind, and it wasn't happening. I wanted to build these mountains and we had tried two or three different ways to get this fabric on these mountains and it wasn't working and it was pouring the rain so we was having difficulty getting them painted and, and, and it was just, it just wasn't working. It wasn't coming together. Thursday morning, it did not look anything like y'all saw. It looked terrible. And I was fired and I sat down on the back of my trailer and I was just sitting there. Melissa came over and said, uh, what's wrong? I said, do you think if I sent out a church cast we can just cancel VBS? Because it ain't going to happen. Now, I wasn't serious. We were going to keep on digging and keep on trying. But that's that's where I was kind of feeling. It's like, it ain't going to happen. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't seat people in here. We got chicken wire everywhere. We got lumber everywhere. It, it, paint everywhere. It, it, I can't have VBS like this. I don't know what I need to do to fix it. I, I'm done. Within minutes after I told her that, somebody pulled in jumped out of their car full of energy, come running up, said, Pastor John, what can I do? Got two or three hours I can help you out today. I said, here's what you can do. I started pointing stuff out. To, and you know what? Their excitement and their energy and their willingness gave me the motivation that I needed. And we on Thursday night, we were 90% done. It had came together, fell into place, but had they not showed up, I was going to send out a church cast and tell y'all we're canceling VBS. Not really. But I mean... It, There's something about motivational support. Boy, somebody that will motivate you. Somebody that will encourage you. Somebody that will help you do the work of the Lord. Never, never underestimate the power of an encouraging word. You know what? Oftentimes we fail to encourage one another because we think, well, what's that going to mean to them coming from me? It means a lot. It means a lot. What was the gentleman's name, Aaron, you and I used to know? Joe, was that his name, Joe? Joe. There's was a gentleman Aaron and I knew years ago. His name was Joe. And Joe, Joe didn't have all the education that many of us enjoy. Joe was simple-minded. But you know what? Every Sunday, Joe would compliment me on something. He'd compliment my suit. He'd compliment my hair. He'd compliment my tie, my boots. Hey, he would find something. Every Sunday, I got complimented on something. And you know what? I looked forward to going to church because I knew Joe was going to cheer me up. I knew Joe's going to say something encouraging, and it's going to make my day brighter. I looked forward. I wonder what he's going to compliment today. What? To say today. How's he going to brag on me today? And he did that to everybody. If you walked past him, he was going to say something nice about you. And I mean, he kept everybody smiling. He just went around encouraging people. Never underestimate the power of an encouraging word. If you just tell one another, tell your brothers and sisters in Christ, hey, love you, praying for you, look sharp. Two or three people complimented my suit today. I mean, y'all got me feeling like I'm somebody this morning. But you know what? Just let folks know, hey, love you, praying for you. You're doing a good job. I thought about you this week. I'm telling you what, it motivates us to stay in the battle for Christ. We are laborers together with Christ. And today I want to say thank you to everyone who labors week in and week out, day after day, faithful to put your hand to the task that the cause of Christ might go on. Perhaps you're here, though, and you say, Pastor John... I feel kind of left out this morning because I'm not involved. I'm not a part of what you're talking about. Not not this past week, not not week after week. I'm not a part of that, Pastor John, but I don't know how to get involved. I don't know how to become a part of that. Let me give you a little thought. I taught this to my sons as they were growing up. My dad taught it to me. I'll teach it to you. It applies both in occupation and it applies in the church. And that is this. If you are willing and available, you will never lack opportunity. Just run that by you again. If you are willing and available, you will never lack opportunity. How do you get involved? Be willing to do whatever and be available all the time and there will be more opportunities uh, than you can keep up with on ways that you can get involved in making a difference uh, for the cause of Christ. Maybe you're here though this morning and you say, Pastor John, the problem is I've never become a part of the family of God. Pastor John, I've never accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I've never given my life to Him. Well, let me just... Give witness that there's no better family to be a part of than the family of God. We're all different. We all have different ways of doing things. We all think through things differently. We we sometimes have disagreements because we both think our idea is the best idea. We're normal people, but I'm telling you what, there is something about the love of God weaving us together that makes it the best family you have ever been a part of. And if you've never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you this morning, you will never, ever, ever regret making yourself a a part of the family of God. It's the best life you can live on this earth uh, and it is the only life uh, that you can live in eternity is to be a part of the family of God. This morning as your pastor I say thank you. You have been a blessing and you make ministry awesome. As I've told brother Randy y'all going to have to run me off because I ain't leaving on my own. Y'all are a good bunch of people. I appreciate each and every one of you. Miss Debbie, if you would, let's come to the piano. Everyone stand. I started to close without an invitation, but there may be someone here that would like to become a part of the family of God this morning. So we want to take just a moment, have a moment of invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart this morning, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, as Miss Debbie plays, I invite you to come to this altar. Let somebody take a Bible and show you how you can know without a shadow of a doubt that you're on your way to heaven.